welcome to the uh, Sunday Fantasy Show. Uh, this week we'll be talking about Lord of the Rings, of course. Uh, but first off, a shout out to my first patron, Gary, uh, who is actually a member of the Vike Society. Oh. He's Geng's Authenticity Officer. Oh, what a foolish person! Yes, he is. what a foolish man he is to be an authenticity officer. Well, I believe no, he's I meant gangs. to be a Patreon, to be honest. Well, that as well. But but also uh, an authenticity officer. Well, I think he's Gary's. I'm sure. Uh, I'm sure Gary's like part of gangs, as it were. We'll find out. I'll work it out eventually. But yeah, on with the show and to the glory of Lord of the Rings and Tolkien and the Legendarium itself. Now, I can start wherever people want me to start um or i can start in the beginning with eru and the creating of arda and he who is known as luvatar who is the of course creator of the whole universe and then going into the valar and the mayar and the whole creational thing in the first part of the silmarillion um or i can then actually go into the first age properly and skip the age of the trees and the lanterns and go to the Age of Stars and skip the Age of Stars and go into the First Age itself with the battles against Melkor. Or, what I think the spooky goth wife wants me to do is try and explain a little bit about the Second Age. I apologise for any crunching in the background. The the carb hund has decided to start really noisily chewing his bone in the background. While we're so recording, so... Just think of it as something atmospheric. Yes. Yeah. So... Why, where where do you want me to start? So, I mean, I listened to the Silmarillion. Right. Right, because you were like, you have to, otherwise I'm going to divorce you. Yes. And then the, this new this new show's coming out. Yes. And then everybody on the internet has said, oh, all the bits from the show aren't in the Silmarillion. Because it's all about the first age and the show's going to be the second age. Correct. Now, the only piece of image... <laughs> right, no. The problem is, all the background information for the Second Age is you've got the Ankelebeth, which is the destruction of Numenor, yeah. which is in the Second Age. Right. But that's right... Yeah, 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 that's at the end. ...of the Silmarillion, yeah. and was tacked in by Christopher Tolkien. Right. And shouldn't have been. Okay. But he wanted to expand the Silmarillion as a printed book to give a right. bit more. Because okay. the Silmarillion isn't even a finished piece of literature. Yeah. It is compiled notes so did that, that not come out then when tolkien was about no he was oh. dead it is a post humorous yes. a post humus post humus a post humus no posthumous. Po it is posthumous dear but yes it was a posthumous release by his son christopher that then was further edited by his son i think who was simon tolkien i don't know who was to do a lot with the actual films yeah, as well yeah. with the tolkien estate so the Silmarillion itself was not really a finished novel. It was more the notes cleaned up, tidied up, put together, bound yeah. and published. Yeah. If you want the first age properly, where they're finished stories, you have to look to the Children of Hurin, yeah, which is yeah, one of yeah. the other ones, yeah. the Fall of Gondolin, right. the Hidden City as it's known. Right. Now this is all to do with the war with the Cimmerils, yeah. which are the three stones yep, yep, created yep, from yep. the dying light of the trees yes. of Valinor yes. and Aman yep. and everything else. So then... That war happens, and Belarand sinks beneath the waves. Yeah. Okay, and the Undying Land, Eman, actually becomes the proper Undying Land and leaves to yeah. some degree. Numenor's well, it, basically well, Atlantis. Yes, that's yeah. the whole point. Numenor is the Atlantean mythology in our world that Tolkien uses to create the Numenorians, and they are of the Atlantean-style origin. Yeah. But that's around... 
16, if my memory serves me right, it's around 16 to 1800 years into the Second Age. Yeah. Okay. So you're talking about halfway through the Second Age. And the end of the Second Age finishes as what they call, like, the end of the Second Age is the Battle of the Last Alliance. So that is the surviving Numenorians right. who have gone to Middle-earth and founded the cities of Arnor yep. and Gondor. Right. And the two kingdoms of the Numenorians, yep. which is Gondor and Arnor as well. So their capitals. Uh, but the capital of Gondor, of course, being Minas Tirith. Didn't yes. used to be. Used to be Osgiliath. Oh, but that's a bit... Because it's the yeah. Tower of... Yeah, yeah, yeah. In yeah, the yeah. middle. And you had uh, Minith. It's Minith Kiron to the north, Minith Tirith to the south, and then Osgiliath in between, and then a number of other fortifications. Right. In the north was Arnor. Yeah. And they had a war with the Witch King. Yeah. Which destroyed Arnor. Right. But that battle happens in the Third Age. Is he called the Witch King of Arnor? That just he seems is. To, he, no, yeah, he's no. the Witch King of Angmar. Oh, and Angmar, and, and Angmar is his domain in the northern part of the Misty Mountains. Right. Okay. Yeah. But I always get it mixed up with Angbad, which yes. is connected to Utumno, which is Melkor's realm yeah. in the north in the first age. Right. Okay. So the new TV series will be about the second age. Yeah. Now, mostly the second age concerns itself with the destruction of Numenor. Yeah. And the creation of the Rings of Power. So we might see Sexy Sauron then. You will probably most definitely see Sexy Sauron. <laughs> because if they don't, they're missing a trick there. Well, this this is the thing. And I said this on Facebook. Is that they're going out of their way to be all like, Oh no, Sauron's not going to be in it. Sauron <laughs> has to be in it if you want to do the second age correctly. Because it's Sauron coming out of the first age going, Fuck, what do I do? <laughs> My boss is dead, <laughs> and he's now stuck back in the halls of remembrance with Iluvatar. Oh, yeah, he's locked up, isn't He's he? locked up, and it's like until the world ends. He's so God Sauron prison. sat there going, I don't know what I'm going to do. So I'm going to do a number of things, like cause Numenorians to try and go west and create the world to go from being flat to a sphere. As you do. As you do. Well, it, it's not that. It's what happens is Iluvatar sees the Numenorians, and it's not even the Iluvatar, it's actually the Valar and everything else. They go, oh God, they keep trying to come to the Undying Lands. Humans aren't allowed to come to the Undying Lands. Iluvatar help. And Iluvatar goes, the world is round. It was flat, now it is round. Oh. So Numenor sinks below for the waves because the, turning it from flat to a sphere causes the waves so to destroy Numenor. There's like a load of flat earth, earth like old elves that are like it's flat and they're like it's yeah, still flat to the elves <laughs> grandma it's round no now. no no and no no flat. to all the elves it's always flat yeah it will ne it's never a sphere to them it's why legolas can see 105 riders oh. because there's no curvature to the earth to an elf oh, God, it's we, all flat we don't want to make flat earth people think that they're now like super powered elves well if so. they are it means i can twat them with a lump of cold <laughs> iron and not feel bad I, you're an elf are you I still like that tweet that I saw about um, recasting Brian Blessed as Legolas, but otherwise keeping the films exactly the same. Well, I can't fault you on that. Can't fault you on that at all. Brian Blessed as an elf would be amazing. But yeah, so the second age is weird because there is lots written about it, but right. you have to go hunting in the histories of Middle-earth. Oh, so it's not the even The lost in... tales and 
the dictionary and every you have to go through the whole legendarium yeah. to try and piece together the third age and the main factors of the third age is Numenor is destroyed yeah and the rings of power are created You're about second age yeah, yeah sorry, sorry second yeah, age yeah. not first age third it all gets muddled in my yes, head there's far fine. too much history in there and sometimes so, oh, i don't know whether oh. it's tolkien history or anglo-saxon history or scandinavian history or just general history and it's all got mashed up or 40k history. or 40k knowledge yeah. to its own thing um but you should in theory see kazadum at its height of power before it's like before it truly concerned about going isolinic yeah. and becomes all uh, isolist in their behaviour of yeah. shutting the doors. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you should have the region of uh, Eregion with the great Noldor forgers there who right. learn half their skill from the dwarves of Khazad-dum anyway and then their own skill sets because they also learn it from Owly. Yeah. So you should have, you should see the forging of the Rings of Power but Sauron goes to the elves because it's the elves who can imbibe it with the magic whereas the dwarves can't yeah the dwarves are just incredibly skilled craftsmen yeah but they don't have the ability of the magic of the elves because of course the dwarves are not children of Iluvatar directly they are the bastard offspring of Iluvatar because they are the creation of Auli yeah before the world's even done you've got to bear in mind dwarves come before all other races yeah 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 you, I've, you've yeah. explained this to me yeah no but I'm explaining <laughs> to everyone else dwarves were created before anyone else even existed as a race and they're put to sleep. Now, those of you who know me should already know this of the Khazad and their language, the Khuzdur, and the amount of gravel and phlegm you need in it sometimes, and the origin of Tolkien creating the dwarves as a mystical race with a hidden language, hidden meanings, hidden mm. names, and then they have an outside thing of a day-to-day. Like, because Gimli's real name isn't Gimli. That yeah. is his common name yeah. used to all and sundry, like Thorin and Durin and everything else. They have real names. Yeah, it's like when Asian people in India have to work in a call centre and they make them call themselves John. Well, actually, it's the Jewish tradition, dear, of you have your... No. The Jewish tradition, is, which is the reason that both Pratchett and Tolkien, as much as Pratchett parodied and the dwarves and the love of... Mm. It, it's not Tolkien being racist in the sense of, I've made the dwarf but a hidden language. Yeah, well, he liked languages. This is our yeah. point. He used a hidden language, so he never actually wrote a dwarfen language because he went, I created the dwarves, I've got a secret language, but because it's secret, I never have to write it. <laughs> That's genius. It's like so secret, even I don't know it because I'm not a dwarf. Yeah. Sorry, guys. Yeah, Tolkien got Just... around having to write. So he'd done all these elven languages. I mean, he did have his hands full He with wrote the elven, elven he wrote Numenorian, and the elven language has about 20 different dialects. Numenorian's got like three different dialects. And he had like something for the Rohirrim as well, didn't he? So... Rohirrim is the easiest one ever. Yeah. Because the Rohirrim language is just a Anglo-Saxon. slightly messed up old ancient Germanic old Anglo it's old English old Saxon yeah. because bearing in mind I had to get my dictionary out the other day yes and I was cursing myself because I was looking in the old Saxon part when I should have been looking in old English wondering why the words were slightly off and going well that's not the right word I'm looking for and then realizing I was in the wrong dictionary section yeah. so like just peddling back the reason that I say sexy Sauron is because I felt like thoroughly dis- like just in Melkor shock. Melkor does the same. No, but I was like, it was it was on Twitter or Facebook or something dumb, and they were all like, "Oh yeah, guys, do you know by the way that Sauron was super hot?" Yeah. And I was just like, 
What? Yeah. <laughs> Why was I not informed? Take take it from the view of he's in an Angli- in a Christian style. Yeah. And not the batshit mental angels, but the yeah, yeah, modern yeah. Renaissance style, Michelangelo, David style. Like the sexy Lucifer statues yeah. that, that they were like, no, that's too sexy. sexy. <laughs> yeah, that's the whole point. That's the whole thing of the Maya and also to the Valar is the point of Sauron in that persona of temptation it is the ooh I'm sexy Sauron you know you really want to go west you know immortality's all for you Numenorians ooh you know you want to he's like the little thing on your shoulder that tells you you shouldn't do something but it's like you know you want to I think they're going to have to employ you as the voice of sexy Sauron ooh ooh, go on go on it's like Mrs Doyle with a cup of tea you know Uh, you want one uh, you will go west so you will Ah, go on go on go on go on a tiny bit of immortality there Go on. And Melkor does the same thing, though, in the first yeah. age. Melkor does the, I'm all sexy. I'm going to sneak my way in. Oh, no, I've been found out. Run away. <laughs> Melkor does that a lot, though. Yeah. But everyone all says, oh, Melkor's a coward for running away. No, Melkor runs away because the people who keep turning up to deal with Melkor in the first age to start with are other gods. Because he's, so there's like Iluvatar, who's the chap that creates everything. Commonly referred the, to as Eru. Anubatar yeah. is the elven name yeah, for yeah, him. Yeah, He's yeah. Eru to give him yeah. his... And then he creates like a load of He gods. is the one. Yeah. Well, he creates... In effect, yes. Take it as the creationist symptom a bit like Kronos. Yeah. With the Olympiads. Yeah. And he goes, I am such and such. I have spawned I such get, and I'm such. I'm bored. Like, I want some people to talk to. So he Let's. creates them as thoughts, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. And then there's a whole big and then musical they sing, song Then thing. they form as a choir, in effect, taking yeah. the God-style principle yeah. of the Christian. Because yeah. this is the whole point. Tolkien mashes that many religions, yeah. creationist stories into it. Yeah. So the principle of having a cavity in space and time, which is a void, yeah. is the Norse one of the Gnungayap. Mm. Okay? With... The giant cow yes. and licking the, the salt, salt block yeah. and everything else because what else makes sense to a Norseman but a giant cow in space licking a salt block and <laughs> creating a world? I but, mean, yeah, I, I'm yeah. just like, you know, this this is what naffs me off when people get all shirty about polytheism and like creation myths and stuff. Makes more sense than monotheism and at I'm times. Just like, you know what, if you're going to believe in something, why can't it be fun? You know, I, you know, why can't it just be a big bloody cow licking a salt block? You know, even Stephen Hawking. I realised I'm doing just... hand gestures and happy faces, but we're on an audio based. No, we'll no just... not visual. Just me going, "Hey," and it's like, but no one can see me going, "Hey." I, so I that, can see that you. Redundant. But I'm just saying, yeah, poly- you know, if you're going to believe in something, yeah. believe in something that you enjoy that make that make that doesn't even make to make any sense. Just something well, that's fun. The fact that humans are made from like the sweat of an armpit of a giant in yeah. Norse mythology. I mean, come on. That's brilliant. Yeah. Because we are like 70% water ourselves or something daft anyway. Yeah. So it might as well be made of sweat. I mean, Stephen Hawking was like, oh, well, we kind of just don't know a lot of stuff. So maybe there is a big space cow somewhere. Licking a salt block. Yeah. With a frozen bit and a hot bit. Yeah. Just going and doing things but yeah but no the second age to yes. go back to it at the creation of the rings of power yeah. so the noldor the nolder nolder whatever you want to call them noldor nolder nolder yeah right are the elves who learn all their skills from owly yeah okay i now, love that name owly so is and his wife is v- uh, vanya 
yeah. if I remember correctly. Who's the, who, the agriculture one? Who create? Who's basically Dimitri? Demeter. Yeah. Dimitri. <laughs> Dimitri. It all goes in my. Do you know how many names and everything? This is the I problem know, when you know so much information. It just gets mashed in your head. But yeah. So basically, if you think of Auli as Hephaestus. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Or Vulcan. Yeah. And his wife Yvanya being the um, like cultural like goddess, plants like Frigga yeah, yeah, yeah. or um, Demeter. Demeter. I can't remember my Roman one, which is awful. But that's probably why my potatoes have gone mental at the allotment. This is the one with the cornucopia. Yeah, it is. Oh, I can't remember. But yeah, but this is the whole point. Auli, being the big old, creates all the earth in the sense of actually the mountains and the valleys and everything he does the land and then his wife does all the trees and she invents the ents yeah and the ents come after the dwarves so you go dwarves ents and then finally the pointy-eared bastards and then humans (laughs) and then hobbits somewhere in there so the best racers the mighty ents and the mighty dwarves become before anyone else in the yeah. timeline. At which point, this is why I have a lot of time for the Dwarven race, the good old Kazad, and also for the Ents. Aww. Because, of course, they she didn't just... Yeah, but it's the Ents and the Ents' wives. I know, I know. that makes me sad. But you might see Ent wives in the Second Age. <gasps> oh, because if they No, there'll be flashbacks, because that's the thing. The new Amazon picture they've put up is a flashback to Valinor. Yeah. Because I had to blow the image up because I yeah, thought yeah, it was. A lot of and then did. I blew up the image and realised that there is a pair of trees hidden in the back. Yeah, yeah. Where the sun is. And my brain went, well that's sun glare. and they've hidden the trees, the two trees yeah. in the background yeah. of the sun glare of the trees themselves. Yeah, and I'm like, yeah, yeah, it's yeah. very cunning, but it's also really fucking annoying because I thought it wasn't Valinor because it looked like one of the cities in Numenor because of the way it was constructed. Right. Because that city doesn't smack of like elven... Mm. It looks too human built like Numenorian built. And the problem is humans didn't learn their crafts from the elves. They'd already got their own crafts Mm. because they're all imparted with this wisdom. Yeah. And what you come to understand is men. So the elves start in Aman and end up in Belarand. But you get elves in Belarand who stay there because of the stars going. And they're the grey elves, which are the um, normally the Sindarin. Okay. And they're the elves that would become the elves of Mirkwood. Are they the ones who decided we're like Northern Irish or something yes. last night? Yes. <laughs> we decided that the Sindarian elves, the grey elves as it were, are basically from Northern Ireland. Yeah. While all the elves in Amman are literally Southern Irish with these beautiful lilting accents. Yeah. And the Sindarin elves are so... Because they've lived under the stars and have been at war constantly with Melkor for a long time... They're just like, they're hard bitten, like, yeah. Saron. Yeah. <laughs> Melkor. In Autumno. Yeah. So, yeah, but this is the point. There's lots of different elves, but the elves come out. Um, as you look at the world, men are even further east. So the elves kind of start in the west as a rule, and some are in the middle. And then they kind of come together. And they start yeah. meeting in Belarand like like and stuff. And, of course, the only dwarves that the elves meet come out of Iradlun, yeah. being the Blue Mountain, yeah. which is um, Nogrond and, well, I want to say Belkanmash, but it's not, it, it, it begins with a B, my brain's forgotten. I almost uttered the dwarven name for it, and I will curse myself for doing that. But, yes. 
It's like the elves deciding we're renaming Casa Dunmore. You don't get to rename my city. Fuck off. <laughs> it is not the Black Pit, you miserable assholes. It's Casa Dum. It is the Dwarodel. Well, it's like Australia, isn't it? When all the white people came in and they were just like, oh, well, we rename it this. It's like, oh, great. So now it basically translates to River River. You get that in this country, though, where there is something tore and it just translates yeah. to hill hill yeah it's like, like well done like no we don't like that let's rename so we're going to this. rename casa dumb black pit because you've shut the door on us you've become isolinic in your, like you've literally yeah. become isolists it's like oh you don't want to go a, there a it's a black pit, pit. No, no it isn't it doesn't <laughs> they don't wake the balrog up until the third age they call it moria at the end of the second age there should be like shitloads of balrogs walking about no is that the first First age. Right, First okay. age is a shit ton of Balrogs, and that's... <laughs> is that going to be the name of the film? Shit ton of Balrogs. <laughs> and dragons, including Garang, as in that's the first... The, that's the big bad one, isn't the it? The biggest of all the dragons. Yeah, 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 yeah. And if you've ever seen a map scale, folks, like when they put Smaug on, and then Garang comes up, and Garang is like... Smaug is about the size of an yeah. inch, and there's Garang just like... Filling the page, and people are like, "How does he die?" Dwarves, legitimately. Oh, the dragons got... die in the first yeah. age to the dwarves. Can't stand against them, and the dwarves turn up in all this beautiful mithril armor with war horns and masks on that cause fear in the dragons, and they hew them down with mithril axes. And it's like, yeah, Mister Pointy Ears, I can sing to the trees. Oh, Aluvatar's special children. <laughs> Firstborn are yeah. With the dwarves are the bastard stepchildren of Iluvatar. We're the red-headed stepchild of Iluvatar. And do you know what? We're the ones that keep dealing with all the fucking dragons. Mm. Shocking that. What was it like? A kit like a uh, Forge World did, and it was like dwarven dragon. I don't know. I feel like I've seen this before, but I might be thinking of something else. No, no. There, there you do have the old school slayers from Warhammer Fantasy, which were dragon slayers. No, but they're Lord of the Rings. Oh, they're Lord of the Ring range is quite nice. They didn't do a dwarf dragon hunter because they've never touched the first age because they're not allowed. They are only allowed to do films. Yeah. So they're not allowed to. So they've created characters from the third age that aren't in the films and have done characters for them because people have wanted them. Yeah. But if you look at like what. Jackson did to the dwarves in the films yeah. and then you read the dwarves themselves it's like that man has an elf fetish and clearly <laughs> needs counselling because <laughs> the amount of elven love in the third age based films you do, you do get very upset at Helm's Deep 2,000 men of the Rohirrim defend Helm's Deep against an army of 10,000 Urukai Dunlendings and men of evil. Okay, and there are orcs and goblins as well, but it is 10,000 strong. 2,000 men defend it. Yeah. And then Aemir turns up with Gandalf and another yeah. 2,000 riders. And they break the army. And the black trees, the Horum. The, the only other language I'm pretty good at, folks, is either Entish or Dwarven, I'm afraid. It's either because. With the Entish, it is generally a case of elongated O's and ooms yeah. with a deep bass horum yes. or barum hindrahur, which is literally, there is no, and I used to be able to do the whole thing of there is no yeah, in yeah, Entish, yeah, yeah. but the hurum, which are the black trees, which are the Ents that either have become too sleepy and have become evil, but oh. not evil in a sense of, ooh, 
Morgoth Sauron evil, more just they've become so embittered because they've become tree-like, but they've also then caused the trees around them they've to wake like up and feral. become... And like, yeah. 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 Think of it like a gangrel. Yeah, yeah, A bit yeah, bestial. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there's no civility to them anymore. I was going to say, if they and were the so... Hurums, and the Hurum aren't Ents. They are Ents and trees, and it's like the infection of... So the Ents have got sleepier and become tree-like, but bitter and evil. Yeah. And they've woken up trees around them with their magic uh, and made okay. them... So this is why the Hurums can move, and it's like a big black forest that can move, but it's kept deep in the centre of Fangorn. Yeah. And of course, as we all know, Fangorn is actually Treebeard's other yeah, name. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Because that's Entish for you. Yeah. Takes a long, long time to say anything worth saying. You're free. Got your time. Damn straight. You time or you're tree-like. Yeah. But yeah, so this is the point. And you got upset at Helm's Deep because... Because why are the elves there? Get Haldir back to Lothlorien <laughs> where he's meant to die defending <laughs> the edges of Lothlorien... With all the Galadriel-based elves, who most of them stem from the First Age as well, because they're the exiles. Because mm. this is what people don't realise. Galadriel is exiled to Middle-earth yeah. in the First Age. Mm. And she basically, as the world sinks, the surviving elves of the First Age who haven't gone back to the Undying Lands go east. Yeah. And they set up Imaldris which is Rivendell, to yeah. use of you who don't speak Elven at times, and Lothlorien. Yeah. And the Grey Havens. But Lothlorien doesn't exist when Lord of the Rings is happening. Well, no, Lothlorien exists when Lord of the Rings is happening, dear, because Lothlorien's in Lord of the Rings. Oh, yes, yeah, sorry. I was thinking of um, Gondolin. No, Gondolin is the hidden city in the First Age. Yeah. And it is Turin and the curse on Turin who causes Gondolin to be found. Yeah. And then Gondolin falls. But Glorfindel, who is in the books, but not in the film, is the last lord of Gondolin. Which is why, technically speaking, if you know your history, if they'd taken Glorfindel with them, with his full war paraphernalia, through Moria, the Balrog would have shit itself and run the (laughs) other way. Because Glorfindel kills no less than five Balrogs himself. Badass. Yeah, and then the king of the Balrog pops up and he goes, yeah, I'm done now. And it's, I'm trying to remember who defeats the king of the Balrogs. I'm trying to remember even, because I want to say Morgoth, which is Melkor. Didn't we have this? Yeah, like I, I have to, have I have to, name you've got something. Morgoth and Melkor yeah. and, and it's working I want to say it's Morgoth. It's all right. I have the dictionary here. Yeah, but when we went to Hay on Wye, there was a huge stack That's of like Menegroth. Lord of the Rings like cheat sheet books, basically. Like well, a kind they're of, not cheat sheat books. It's like they're a dictionary. Use, yeah. Like you can dip in and out of without having to read Right, like so Morgoth, of course, is Melkor. That yeah. was it. Because it's going to bug the hell out of me first. We should have a competition. Yes, yes, indeed. <laughs> Hang on, let me look under B for Balrog here, folks. It's much easier. <laughs> Balrog (laughs) yes let me have a quick look under Balrog because otherwise I will go to bed and it will literally (laughs) be there like with the covers pulled up Uh, eyes huge eyes I can't remember Balrogs there we go watch it it not say servants of Melkor yeah yeah who's their king I can't remember. Gothmog. That was it. Because Gothmog is the general in the film. Yes. And I went, why is they named an orc after the king yes, of the Barrow? Yes, from the crap Hobbit yeah. films. That's no, why. no, no, no. From the actual siege oh. of Minas Tirith. Yeah. The general leading them on the Battle of Pelennor yeah. Fields is Gothmog. Well, maybe really Because then again, the battering really ram likes... is Grond. Yes. Which was the mace of Sauron. Yes. 
That's the whole point. Yeah. Sauron's mace was called Grond. Right. In the Battle of the Last Lions. Yeah. So they build a giant fucking battering ram to smash into Minas Tirith, and they rename it in honour of his mace. Right. So, but Gothmog, yeah, so this is the problem. You have Morgoth, and you have Gothmog. And one is King of the Balrogs, and one is the first Dark Lord in the First Age, which gets very confusing. It's like Angmar and Angbad, and I get them mixed up. But you going know, on from imagine, the Witch King... Like, you know, you know how everybody has these, like... Like, oh, I'm going to name my child after this book. It's like, oh, I'm just going to check my kids into nursery. Oh, brilliant. What are their names? We've got Goth, Mog, and Morgoth. <laughs> like you do. But speaking of Battles of Pelennorfield and Grond and everything else and Sauron, yeah. we go back to the Second Age, but it right. also ties into the Third Age. Yeah. But the Second Age, you people were asking me about the Necromancer and where yes. that stems. Yeah, yeah, Excuse yeah, me, yeah, the yeah, Necromancer yeah. and the Witch King. Because the Necromancer's Sauron, isn't it? That they're yes. all crapping themselves yes, yes, over yes, in yes. The Hobbit. But it is, in fact... Sauron. Yeah. Now, in the timeline, the necromancer actually happens between the Hobbit yeah. and the Lord of the Rings. Yeah, because it's, it's like in between he's, bits. He's kind of just kind of souping himself up, I guess. To but... go back to well, the Battle of the First or the Battle of the Last Alliance happens. He is defeated. Elrond doesn't yeet. <laughs> into the fire. Which it would have been a damn sight easier. No one's going to question the only surviving <laughs> elven lord who was direct, who's literally, whose boss yeah, yeah, yeah. was literally the leader of the entire elven forces. Yeah. So, like, you've got general and, like, five-star general, elven general, chappy, two-star elven general, which is basically Elrond. Yeah. And no one seems to question the idea of him just kind of going, uh, a sealed door took the ring, we'll go to Mount Doom. In the films, it makes no logical sense. On the battlefield, he takes the ring and leaves. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. It's never said I that suppose... they go to Mount Doom to destroy it. He takes the ring as a battlefield trophy. Yeah, yeah. Whereas in the film, you've just set yourself up for a massive fail by not having Elrond just go... Pick him up. <laughs> well, it's not even that. It's just... It's not even Elrond. Bearing in mind, Elrond's brother... Yeah. Is the direct descendant yeah, of yeah. a Sildor. So basically, yeah, yeah, that's yeah. his uncle so many times removed. <laughs> At which point, if I was your uncle and you're doing something stupid like that, into the lava you go. I'm yeah. sorry. Yeah. Get rid of it. I think they did it from a filmmaking point of view to kind of set up the idea that there's this great big mountain that you can get rid of the ring in. If you are going to see Lord of the Rings and you aren't aware of Lord of the Rings, then you're an un educated uncouth moron I'm just, who needs to be educated just, just to preface this somebody that i love very dearly went to see phantom of the opera the film and then complained because it was a musical so you can't you can't apply certain types of logic and plus in peter jackson's book he was saying that um Not peter jackson's book peter jackson wrote a book that was all about him trying to make lord of the rings and about his battle with all the studio executives and stuff because they wanted him to make it one film well that's because they're idiots and that well yeah but the whole thing was they were like oh um, you can't have anything in the film that you can't explain to like stewart or something and stewart was like the most stupid like american guy ever well you don't make a film based off the americans do you that whole country's stupid yeah, at but times. This is why... You make a film based off the main audience of Lord of the Rings, which are British people 
and Australian people and New Zealanders and anyone who actually has an education system. But yes. You know what we should I should get you to play is um the Shadow of Mordor game. Oh please don't. No, they mash that up so badly. No, but you but in that you've got like the guy that's like the the ghost guy that possesses that that can hop in and out of your body is like the guy that forged the ring, like the elf guy. I want to say Fenor, but it's not Fenor. It's a son of Fenor. Fenor is the original one who wanted hairs of Galadriel. Oh, yeah, and she was like, no. no. And he wanted a hair, and he asked yeah. three times, and she turned around and gave three hairs to Gimli, because fuck you, so, Somewhere that guy is just like... <gasps> that guy died, dear. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, in the elven afterlife. He was, like... No, he didn't get the elven afterlife. Oh. He, Fenor... Fenor really fucked up in the end of the first age. <laughs> what and did he Fenor... do? Well, he tried to steal the Cimmerils and stuff, darling. Oh, oh, it's that guy. Fenor, like, created them, yeah, but he also ends up being yeah. destroyed by his own creation to some... Fenor doesn't have a good time of it. <laughs> and he's not. And what's really depressing is Fenor isn't even cursed. Yeah. It's just his own nature of yeah. being so hot-blooded. And his sons are the same, and it's known as the Curse of Fenor, but yeah. they're not really. And it all gets mashed up, and it's all a big mess. And the problem is, elves are inbred to fuck. Well, you make, like making that point about um, Arwen and... Um... Arwen's grandmother is, is Galadriel, folks. And then Arwen's husband is Aragorn. But Aragorn's uncle, in effect, is Elrond, through numerous generations. Because the first king of the actual Numenorians was Erandil, yep. who was Elrond's brother. Because Elrond in the books is Elrond half-elf. Yes. But yeah, no one yeah. ever points that one out. No, they don't. And the fact that Arwen has two brothers, Eladan and Elra here, who yeah. turn up with the Grey Company. The remainder of the last lines of the Numenorian households of northern Arnor. Um, but yeah, so this is the problem. Aragorn's basically married his cousin. And Aragorn's mother-in-law, of course, was Arwen's mum. She's no longer with us, which is why Aragorn is gifted the jewel by yes. Galadriel instead in the book because the jewel giving used to be the mother's job to the future son-in-law of... Because it's all an elven custom. But then yeah. you realise, folks, that elves are so inbred, it's not even funny. I suppose there's only X amount of them, really, because they live so long. It's not like they have, like, 60 children no. ago. But this is the problem. It's still, my God, you're all in bread. It's like, la da da creation of God. But obviously, they probably don't get genetic no. mutations because they're the first children of God. Yeah. Shocking. So, Magic, folks. So, you, so, so there's the, the gods, which is like... Not Iluvatar the next rung down. So Iluvatar is the creator of it all. Of which and then you Melkor's get the Valar. And Melkor is the one who brings disharmony and discord yes. during the songs. Yeah. And this creates X, Y, and Z. Yeah. Well, not all the bad stuff at the point. He creates discord in the harmonies, but it rises up. And what it creates, and then what that creates is eventually the earth as it sees. But Melkor always wanted dominion over things. And when the elves are shall we say, sung into existence, and then done by Luvatar. Melkor takes the elves, of course, and corrupts them, and generates the orcs. 
that was the one thing when I was watching Lord of the Rings and I was like, why are they digging them up out the ground? Like, it didn't... It, they kind of sort of explained uh, the no, Uruk-hai. No, no, the Uruk-hai are being... Yeah. Uh, because they were that created. Right. Because what you have to understand, orc and goblin are the same thing. Right. They're interchangeable. It's okay. just the words. Yeah. If they live underground, they're goblins. If yeah. they live above ground, right. but in a darkened realm, yeah. they're orcs. Right. And this is the whole point. A goblin and an orc are basically interchangeable as a term. Yeah. You see it in the Hobbit in the Battle of the Five Armies, yeah, 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 where it's yeah. goblins and wargs yeah. versus elves, men and dwarves. Yeah. Okay. And then Bjorn the bear with yes. his thing, who isn't technically a Meyer. He's the next step down. Like from a Gandalf. Maya. No, Gandalf is a Maya, darling. Right, okay. Gandalf is one of the servants of the Valar. Yeah. He oh, no, that's is... it. So it's like, so it's like Iluvatar, Maya, Iluvatar, Valar. Val- no, Iluvatar, yeah. Valar, yeah. Maya. Okay. And then below the Maya are yeah. other things. Yes. And then you, including the elves and everything else. Yeah. This is why the elves appear in two places. See them, as it were, but if you've got the magic site with the ring, for example, yeah, the elves yeah. are all like, because they exist in two planes at yeah. once, so to speak. They're a bit like the principle in D&D of the uh, celestial type, where you can be half celestial, half yeah, human. Yeah, yeah. The, the Azima and stuff. That's how you have to view elves sometimes. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask yeah. about your favourite person. and about He's the... not my favourite person, but everyone <laughs> does him such a discredit. And you can all go... Yeah, <laughs> I've been polite there, but I would have said something a lot worse. But it's Tom Bombadil. Yeah. Right. The, the, the only kind of, I think the only thing we've ever properly argued about is Tom Bombadil. Yeah, but it's because no one has a background knowledge of Tom Bombadil. No, this is this is the thing. When you explain He's a Maya. Yeah. He protects the old forest next to Hobbiton. Yeah. That forest is older than Hobbiton. Yeah. Tom Bombadil has lived there since God knows when. Literally. Yeah. <laughs> well, probably since the first age. Yeah. His wife, as much as she is the elven daughter of the river, is also a Maya. She isn't an elf. She is Goldberry. Yeah. She is called the elven daughter she of the river. She just looks like. Because she looks like an elf. Because... The Maya tend to take remnants of what they think would work. So, Tom Bombadil is probably as old as creation, at which point he's about 60,000 years old. Yeah. Which is why, when you bimble into his realm, because your four hobbits lost and there's a big old willow that tries to kill you and his happy, merry doll yeah. sing along with the blue coat and yellow boots, the one ring doesn't work for him. Yeah. In the sense of... It's a pretty gold ring, but it does jack shit for me because mm. I'm that powerful and old that I'm literally like, I've been forgotten about even by our lords and master across the bloody sea in yeah. the Undying Lands. He's like got like a witness protection program. Yeah, it's just his powers, because you've got to remember Tom Bombadil is always called by the Hobbit. Yeah. He's got about 20 different names depending on who you look at. Yeah. And when I point this out to you that his real name is... Uh, Iwan Barander, and you were like, wait, what? I'm like, yeah, Tom Bombadil isn't his real bloody name. That's what the Hobbits call him. And it's like, it's all they know of him. But in the Hobbit histories, he's always been there since the wrecking of the Shire starting. Yeah. So this is the whole point. Tom Bombadil is ridiculously powerful. So he's like as powerful or more powerful than Gandalf? Probably more powerful than Gandalf. Right. Because he has his little realm that he defends. 
ends and him and Goldberry until yeah. the world ends and they're just sat there like going da, 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 not caring at which point <laughs> that's no... a... yeah that's about it <laughs> yeah but the problem is no one kind of went maybe we should have stripped him of his power yeah they just because just sat no because he's not doing anything so because what you come to realize is every time Amaya comes from the undying lands and the halls of Iluvatar properly mm. and has to go to middle earth they strip them of about 75 percent of their power because right. if they let them be what yeah, they were yeah, they'd just be like Haha, i'm ruling everything which is the whole issue with melkor and sauron is because they're stripped of their powers as well right but that shows you how powerful yeah they really are so is saruman the same as well he was a maya oh yeah because yes. all the wizards are all five they? wizards yeah. including palar and Brishta, which are the two blue wizards, by oh, the way, folks. that everybody uh, thinks went evil because they kind of dropped off the map. They disappear. Gandalf, Saruman and Radagath lose track of where they are, what they're doing. Yeah. Now, there are theories. Yeah. Now, one is that... One of the theories is that one is basically the mouth of Sauron. Yeah. And the other one has replaced one of the ring wraiths. Right. Because he defeats it and yeah. takes its ring of power. Right. Okay. Yeah. Now, being a Maya with a ring of power, but it's not the ring of power. No, it's one it's of the, the rings the, of men. nine ones. Yeah. yeah. So, at which point... But wizards, at this point, that's what I mean by... The wizards have been stripped of the vast majority of their powers. Yeah. So, while they're still wizards and pretty potent, they are nowhere near the level of ability they should have if they were pure Maya turning up going, Ta-da! It's like, oh, good Lord, yes, that's uh, that's basically a god turning up. Well, an angel, so yeah. to speak. So you kind of get this thing where they're stripped of their power when they come to Middle-earth. And Melkor loses all of his power when he takes Remnant on this planet, or on Middle-earth, so to speak. And so actually do the other Valar when they leave Aman and go to war properly in Middle-earth. Yeah. They lose some of their powers, and in some respects they lose quite a lot of their powers at times. Mm. So they're still ridiculously potent and powerful beings, so... but they're not gods anymore. So, at the end of the, the third film, yeah. Frodo and Bilbo and half the people get on the boat. Yep. And they go off to the, to the Undying west. lands. Yeah, so, so what? They leave the planet. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> like Poochie. <laughs> I've got to go back to my home planet. Well, to stop anyone ever trying to get to the Undying lands again of Aman, <laughs> they take it off the planet when they make it circular and it's literally sat like a form of heaven. So it's like Greece. The boat should have just like gone off, da, 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 like off into the sky. But it's more just that thing of... <laughs> the reason being it works, though, is because to the elves, of course, the world is still flat. Right. So for them, they just keep sailing and it just eventually just kind of... <laughs> da, 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 and they end up in the Undying Lands. So what, what... If I'm Frodo and I get off this boat that's just kind of sailed off into space or whatever... In effect... What's it like? The Undying Lands. Yeah. It's described in the first stage deer in the Silmarillion. I don't remember. There was a lot of City things of Valinor described. is the whole thing with the two trees and right. everything else. Yeah, it's yeah, a yeah. beautiful, untouched, unspoilt land of farming and agriculture and, right. and like beautiful buildings and all sorts of... Would Think of like the Elysian Fields deer. Yeah, but only normally elves are allowed to go. Kind of. When the elves get tired of Middle-earth, they go yeah. to the Undying Lands. Like when the world actually thing. ends, yeah. everyone 
in effect yeah. will end up in the Undying Lands. But if, if like, Boromir... So Boromir's not there? No, because no one knows what happens to humans. Oh. Because Iluvatar kept their futures and what happens to them and where they go hidden from everyone but himself. Oh. Because both... Elves and humans were created by Luvatar. Yeah, 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 yeah. But he created them for different reasons and to do different things. And this is the one problem you get is what you have to understand is the whole premise of the Legendarium is that it is meant to be an alternative history to our history. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because eventually there's no elves, there's no hobbits. It's, it's just all blokes. folk tales. Yeah. It's just men. And this is the whole point. It was written in some respects as an allegorical yeah. alternative early mythological history yeah. to us. Yeah. So rather than like, so we have the Greek with the Atlantis and everything else, Tolkien wrote Numenor and Gondor and Arnor and yeah. everything else and created this, her, not like this huge world as an alternative history to our history. Yeah. So... Like, so with, so humans, no, none of the Valar and the Maiar and the elves know what happened to humans when they die. Right. Because they don't go to, to some degree in the halls of Iluvatar and stuff. There is a realm. Is this where, Mandos's place? Yes. Yeah. It is Mandos's See, place, See, I do darling. pay attention do. to some stuff. So the elven souls of those that have perished through conflict, because yeah. bear in mind, elves are immortal. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. But that's what we like to call practical immortal, as yeah. in disease and time don't kill them, but you can still put like a nine mil through their head and they drop dead. So <laughs> that's the whole thing. <laughs> so you have to consider that the elven souls that are maintained in Mandos's halls, as yeah. it were, can return from the Hall of Souls. Yeah. And they basically get new remnants of their bodies and aren't spirits. They are reborn. They're not reborn, but like if they die, they go to the Hall of Souls. If they get bored of wandering around as ghosts, so to speak, they can then just come back to the Undying Lands. Okay. Because the Undying Lands is now, that's the reason it's called the Undying Lands. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So basically all the elves who have died throughout the history of Middle Earth could come back if they wanted to. I don't blame them for not. I don't. No, no, but not to Middle Earth. They just come back to the Undying Lands. So yeah. if they're like, I'm now a spirit, I feel like I've had enough of being a spirit, I want to see my family again. Pop, oh, I'm back in the Undying Lands, bimbling around as an elf again. Gimli's the only dwarf who ever goes to the Undying Lands. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But all the souls of the dwarves go to the Halls of Mandos. Okay, yeah, yeah, But yeah. they can't return. But when Gimli's time finally, he he finally dies, because the problem is... Only the elves and the Valar and the Maiar don't die in the Undying Lands. Yeah. Oh, and the hobbits, for some reason, don't die. <laughs> because he never actually wrote what happens to the hobbits when they go to the Undying Lands. No. Well, this is the thing. He kind of just goes and you're like... Because there are three hobbits that make it to the Undying yeah. Lands. That's Frodo Baggins, yeah. Bilbo Baggins, yeah. and Samwise Gamgee. Yeah, yeah, yeah. After Rosie Cotton's died, his numerous fucking children are now ruling the Shire yeah. and Sam goes I'm a hundred and something I'm going to the west I've always wanted to go and see the elves and it is I believe Sarah Dan of the Grey Havens who is the elf he's mm. like the last elf so to speak 
in the yeah. grave. And he literally was waiting for Samwise to finally... Aww. Well, Sam carried the ring. Yeah, and because well, yeah, of the corruption yeah. of the rings of power, yeah. it meant Sam got into the Undying yeah, Lands as he well. Deserves, he well, he does. Because you've got to remember, Merry and Pippin, of course, also spawn all the children and take over the Took and Brandy book so mm. Tuckland and Buckland, as it is. Yeah. So they take over their territories, and they're both buried by Aragorn, of course, in Minas Tirith. They take one final ride down in full war gear, no less, at the age of, I think, a 100 and something, and literally go, Ah, ah, win, my queen. Your husband is dead. We, have cu- we are now on our own final journeys. And if I remember correctly, it is... Pippin is buried with Aragorn, and Merry is buried with Theoden in the White Mounds. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, this is the great thing about Tolkien and his Anglo-Saxon knowledge and everything else, and the Rohirrim, who were actually my favourite human race. You may keep your Numenorians and Gondorians, boring people that they are. I don't know, a lot of the hot guys come from Gondor. No, they don't. (laughs) No, they really don't. No, no, because you've got to remember that the Rohirrim are Anglo-Saxons. Yes. And they are Anglo... There are no... an alternative history of Anglo-Saxons as if they rode horses. Yeah. And that's freaking badass. <laughs> For one reason. In the film, and Peter Jackson's a cunning little old man there, but it's even in the books, it is an alternative version of the poem called The Wanderer. Is this the one she sings? When... No, no. sorry. No, no, Theoden no. in the film quotes it of oh, where is the horse yeah, yeah. and rider? Where is the thing? It's a... I won't say corrupted. It is an, alter- an alternative worded version of an Anglo-Saxon poem called The Wanderer, right. which is about a man whose lord and compatriots are all dead and he has no family, no hall, no nothing, yeah. and he's adrift in the world in a time when oaths and having all of that was your biggest factor. So like a, like a ronin or a samurai. Yes, yeah, yeah. yes, but without like the comfort of like yeah. a commander. Because even ronin had war bands. Yeah. You are literally alone in the world and the wars are all gone and you've survived it and you're sat there going, oh. it's basically a poem about survivor's guilt to some yeah. degree. It's really harsh, but Anglo-Saxons got it. And Peter Jackson and whoever knew Tolkien well, they literally sat there and go, this is this and we're just going to take the words and change them. But basically, have a big old Anglo-Saxon poem to quote in the film. Off you go. Because you are basically a bunch of Anglo-Saxons on horses. Yeah. Which is always really nice. So, if you were going to make a film about anything in Tolkien, what would you make it about? I would like to see a film of the fall of Gondolin. Okay, yeah, that's pretty, yeah. Yeah, I'd say. Because that, that is a really big epic battle film. Yeah. And it wouldn't need to be over lots of films. You could do it in a three hour slot. Mm. But to give it full credit, I would take the proper Lawrence of Arabia approach, make it four and a half hours with an intermission. Yeah. Like the full director's cut version of yeah, Kingdom of yeah. Heaven. Do a proper four and a half hour with an intermission monstrosity for the fall of Gondolin. Yeah. Okay. Because that would be beautiful. Yeah. And it would be epic with the battle. Because there would be armies of Balrogs and dragons and the dwarves and the elves and Turin falling to his doom from fighting um, Gothmog. Yeah, that's it. It's Turin who fights Gothmog. My brain's just like feed me the... Rebooted. Uh, rebooted and fed me the... But yeah, I would love to see a film made of the Siege of Gondolin. Um, because if you want to true, do a proper true elven love fest... I'm literally (laughs) 
big old elf nerd lover, go and do The Fall of Gondolin. Don't shove them into my third age films. <laughs> shove them into the films where the elves are actually the badass guys. They're yeah. not a dying race where their magic is waning and they're like, Yeah. I can still supply troops Helm's Deep. No. Yeah. My Helm's Deep. Defended <laughs> purely by men of Rohan. Yeah. Not any elves. Real bugbear as well, of course. They miss out Eladan Elrahir and the Grey Riders. People like, they're not important. No, they really are. They are the last noble lines of Numenor in the yep. whole of Middle-earth. Fair enough. Because there are no Numenorians yeah, yeah, truly yeah. left yeah. in Gondor. Because Aragorn's supposed to be like seven foot tall or something stupid. Seven foot two. Yeah. Bear in mind, most elves. So in that tavern are... scene, he would have stuck out a bit in the corner with his cloak on. <laughs> His head brushing against the fucking Well, given that, given that Galadriel's meant to be 6 foot 11. Oh, wow. Because elves are that tall. Well, I mean, tall, that's a good shout to get Kate Blanchett to play her then, really. Which means Kate Blanchett can act and isn't just tall. No, indeed. To, to quote Kimmy Schmidt. <laughs> <laughs> is, is Kate Blanchett a good actress or is she just tall? She is a good actress and she's tall. Very important. <laughs> they should have got Uma Thurman to be a elf as well. Oh, well, you never know. We don't. I don't know. I don't know who's know. in it. I think there's a lot of people yeah, that are like the, the height yeah. thing. Okay, halflings. Yeah. Okay, hobbits. They're called halflings for a reason. They're half the height of a Numenorean. Oh. The men of Rohan. Yeah. And the men that you find in Middle Earth. Yeah. Are not the men of Numenor, and they're not the men of the First Age. Yeah. The men of Numenor are descended from the men of the First Age. Yes. To some degree. Yeah. 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 And they are also, and the men of the First Age that survive the First Age yeah. go on to spawn the men of Dale. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, Lake City. Yeah. Yep. Um, and that's the old kingdom of the north. Yeah. The Rohirrim were the neighbours of them below, who were the horse lords of that mm-hmm. steppe plain, and they go south to the Gap of Rohan, eventually, as it would be known. Yeah. Near Isengard. Yeah. Isengard, Isengard. Yes, indeed. <laughs> so this is the whole point. And also, you've got to remember that Isengard used to be an outpost of Gondor. Which makes sense. Because it's yeah. the big tower. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They like they like a good tower. They do like a good tower. In the... But <laughs> its sister tower was Osgiliath. And that's the one that's all... Broken, yeah. which is the ruins of Osgiliath, which was on the river. Isn't the one that's, that's been turned into a great big horrible fortress, wasn't that one the Gondor ones as that well? That was the one I was on about earlier. That was yes. Minas Kiran, yeah. which becomes Minas Morgul. Yes, there we go. See, look, it's in there. And I can't even blame you because, Mum, I got raised as a And you also have Minas Kirith. You've got Minas Kiran, Minas Kirith, Minas... There's a lot of Minas with... with, with <laughs> many with... Minas. There are many Minas in Gondorian. <laughs> but you don't get it in Arnor. Okay. Arnor go with like they have their own way of doing it, and it's the two kingdoms. There were two Numenorean kingdoms, but right. founded by the same family. Okay. So Isildur and his dad, Elendil, yeah, are the southern ones. Yeah. And in the north, with Isildur's brother, and Isildur's brother is wiped out after the defeat. So the Battle of Last Alliance happens. Yeah. And Arnor is killed by the Witch King of Angmar. Right. And Arnor is destroyed on the orders of Sauron, but Arnor is destroyed by the Witch King of Angmar in a protracted war, and the capital is Fornost. And you have the Battle of Fornost, where eventually the Witch King is destroyed, so to speak, 
but the capital of Arnor is destroyed in the process, and then Angmar is reduced to nothing. And then Angmar is reoccupied yeah. and becomes a threat in the north again. But the Witch King's not there, and that's to do with Mirkwood and then the Necromancer. Right. Now, you've got to remember that Mirkwood is the Grey Elves. So that's Thrandil, that's Thrandil and his like son, dad. dad. Yeah. yeah, and their family are elves from the First Age who were the ones still in Middle-earth. So they're Northern Irish ones? Yes. Oh my God, Legolas of a Northern Irish accent. <laughs> I live for it. And you have my bow. Yeah. <laughs> oh dear. Right, are we going to... Yeah, we we should, we're going we're gonna to call it there because that's about an we hour. Could, we could keep talking. I so could keep going for a long would time. You, would you like the next Fantasy Sunday to be another Lord of the Rings one? Should we go back to 40k? Let us know. Yeah, let us know. Or is there another fantasy thing that Kieran might know lots about, or I might know lots about, and Kieran can ask me questions? Ho, ho, ho. Ho, ho, ho. I'm not asking you about Harry Dresden. Oh, you should do it. It's ace. I don't like Dresden. Oh, it's Can't so be good. doing with Harry Dresden. I remember my mum read the books and she nearly quit. And I was like, Mum, why are you quitting? She's like, I just wanted to have a nice day. Could, <laughs> oh, I tell you what, we could do at some point. What? We could talk about Conan. Oh, yeah. And the realms of Leoness and all yes. of that, because I grew up on that as well as What's Tolkien. What's first in life? No, not the Arnie, the proper Conan. Yes. Yeah. Uh, Red Sonja. Yes. Yes, Red Sonja. <laughs> but yes. So, yes. Thanks, everyone. Um, In the comments section, whichever way we do it, please tell us what else you'd like to talk about. I can talk even more about Lord of the Rings. Yes. I can do this as much as I can do normal history. It's yes, fine. it's true. But like and subscribe. Yes. Thank you for listening. We have a Patreon. I have a Patreon if now. foolish. Another enough. shout out to Gary. Thanks for backing me on that. My first Patreon. I'm so proud of myself. So you are going to plan on putting stuff up just on the Patreon thing as well, aren't you? Yes, there yeah. will be certain aspects on Patreon which will be for paying people only. Yes. But they won't generally involve you. No. They're more my personal... Unless when people would like to pay to listen to me, in which case I would be very shocked. Yeah. But, <laughs> but there are... Uh, my next one on Patreon I will be doing, which will be behind the paywall, which is actually a minimum of a pound, folks. Mm. Literally, it's it's a pound or a fiver. Cheap. I, I go cheap. cheap. I'm very cheap. You're basically just keeping me in tea and books. Yeah, That's all Yorkshire it's for. Tea. Yorkshire tea and books is all it really for, just so I can keep reading and researching. But the next one is actually talking about um, the 14th century, uh, my personal one, Ooh. and I'll be talking about English war bowmen. Ah, okay. So it's my own personal... Yeah. Personal, not required by any societies no, or anything no, just else. It's for fun. It's me actually talking about what I started life as. Yes. In reenactment, to yes. some degree. We have to so. explain to the kids you're a time lord. I am. Yes. Yeah. Yes. But thank you all for listening yes. and uh, good night. Um, Kalinicta. And I will speak to you all soon again. Bye. Bye.